right there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game. All right, here we go, folks. Vegas Hockey Outline, AM 1400 KSHB. This is an awesome day. Start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the best tournament. And that NCAA tournament was great. But this is the best tournament in all of sports. Stevie, as they start the trek, 16 wins required to get that big silver shiny goblet. I, I love the NHL playoffs. I can't wait. Can't wait for it to go. Let's go. There's nothing like overtime. Absolutely. Nothing at all. All right. The fun starts tonight. We're going to be out at Club Madrid and Sunset Station. Game one. Golden Knight Sharks. We got a jersey. We got the Foley wine. We got the VGK swag. Come on out and watch the games with us. And we'll see if this is the beginning of another long journey. This is a true treat for us. We're playing today on Vegas Hockey Hotline. The If It Ain't Broke. Don't fix it card, and that was Bill Foley doing a preview before the first round, second round, and third round last year. It seemed to work, so you showed up again. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I need to be here before every series for one show, and you, except and I, the, and except I, the finals. And I, it, it, you have it was. You will not be invited. How's that? <laughs> we'll do it that way. Uh, how excited are you? Um, apprehensive, you know, I'm excited, but, uh, you know, we really do have a good team and the team is healthy uh, and it hasn't been healthy all year. Everyone is, and they're, we, you know, they took off yesterday. We did a little send off for them. They're, they're calm, cool, collected and ready to go. They really are. I, I think they, they took a little break at the end of the season. They, we knew we were in the playoffs. And I just, they took the pedal off the gas a little bit. And were you up in the window yesterday? Uh, for practice? I was in, I was in the window for practice and then I was out, out back. They were flying. Yeah, they were flying. I mean, I literally, you walked in and like, oh, something's different here. No, I mean, they, I mean, they had a real, real bounce in their step yesterday. No, I think they, they feel good and they look good. And, uh, I mean, uh, that second line's a brand new line this year. So, and now it's improved again with uh, Mark Stone, uh, us picking up Mark Stone. So I feel like we're if we had Halla on the third line, man, would be would be good. We'd really be good. See him floating around every now and again. Yeah, he's skating. He's skating. He's not playing. Not skating with the team, but he's skating. He's uh, he has a good chance to be back uh, at some point in the playoffs if we keep on going. How can you compare literally three hundred sixty five? days ago i think you know you swept the kings i think if the golden knights had gotten swept people would have still walked out of there and said what an incredible season and then it it goes to ridiculous heights but this time around i remember at the beginning of the season i said it's so different right because that was fun but you now you're one of 31 and now you're starting a playoffs and there's like the weight of expectations. It's, it's a, it's a different animal, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit different, but I still think the other teams and other ownership, they view us as an expansion team. They were not, we're really not for Come real. On. Oh, I think that's right. I really do. I believe it. And, and our guys know that we're not an expansion team. They, we're a mature hockey club now. Uh, and we've got good players. We're well, the third oldest team in the league. I know. A lot of veterans, a lot of strong, a lot of strong but, veterans. But third oldest in, that's, that can sound bad. Like, like, let's say San Jose, give them four marks. We'll see what they end up doing. They're all in, right? I mean, they, they went all in. Yep. When I say you're the third oldest team, okay, you got Tuck and Theodore, but the core, albeit across the board, when you say third oldest team, but it's, it's a lot of guys in their early prime. It's not like they're their father time guys. They're that's they're right. guys ready to win now. Yeah, that's right. And uh I mean Derek England's the oldest guy on the team. He's in better shape uh, I believe than he was a year ago and he tells me he's in better shape than he was 2 or 3 years ago and he's he's skating harder. Uh he really is a, I mean he's a dedicated guy and he you know he's the first one he's the first one to go to the airplane. He's the first one in in the morning. 
uh, he works hard, and and he's a so he's our oldest guy. It was one of the most remarkable things to me last year that even even in the conference finals and then the cup finals, you would have thought it was a Tuesday in January. You know, I mean, it's like it, the, the the stage was never too big. It was you know the, the mantra stuff, one game at a time. But but then they ha- were having fun. But it, the stage never seemed to be too big for them. So you're a hands-on guy, and you're around all the time. Can, what's your sense of this group's demeanor as oh, the playoff begins? No, they're, they're, um, these guys are really they're calm, they're cool, they're collected, they're ready to play. They're they're really um, they're team guys. There's no uh, uh, there's no I in this team. This is uh, and Mark Stone adds to it. He's that's the kind of guy he is. He's a Winnipeg boy, and he's just real basic. This Jimmy Schultz we just picked up is going to be really, really good. He's a good player, and he's a common guy. He, so we have a bunch of common guys, and and they're they're all in it together. They're not thinking about themselves. I really like Schultz, Bill. When I saw him yeah. game one, it, that was a beautiful. But is it Zikoff or Zykoff? I've heard both, but that was a yeah. beautiful pass on the power play from Schultz, and they, it didn't look too big for him in that game. It, it looked like he was not nervous. He, he didn't show any apprehension playing an NHL game. He looked terrific. He did look terrific. He started out a little slow, but then he got going. And uh, I saw him. He was skating today. He's still here uh, because he can't. You know, can't play. Will he do the black ace thing? Do you think he'll stick around and um, soak it in? Well, he might. Uh, I think they're kind of working on a, a, a USH, USHL deal. Uh, okay. For him to play there, possibly. Um, he's going to skate with us. and uh, But he's he was out skating today. He is fast and he's strong. I, I liked it. He came over and I said, well, you look good. And he said, no, I'm just a little bit off. I'm a little slow today. I said, Wow. I know we're in the now, but I mean, again, the, the you're bringing up the Schultz kid, you're always going to be in the discussion. This is such, it's, there's, we can rattle off the list. People know by now why this is, and you're, you're at the top of that list. Um, why this is an attractive place to play. Um, this was a guy who was in, he was highly sought after, and that's another indicator that players will want to come here. And then we're in the now with the playoff start, but you, you throw him into the equation and then, you know, the the goose have potential. Um, you you always have to be in look ahead mode. Yeah, we have we have some good prospects that we're working on working on. Uh, this Zach Whitecloud, you know, was uh, number one in positive, he's number one positive guy in the AHL last year. Uh, and he's really come together. Nick Hay, I mean, we're so we have so much power coming up on D that uh, it gave us the opportunity then to to go after Stone and actually give up Brandstrom, who's a terrific player. I, I'm sure. You know, George would say this to you. I think it's a lot different than it was, but it's an, such an inexact science. Oh, by the way, the draft lottery last night. The Blackhawks from like the moon go to third. <laughs> Devils get the first pick. Did the Devils get the first pick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Devils first and, uh, Ra- Rangers second. So the, the top three got decimated. Um, but the, the Devils get the first pick again. Unless Jack Hughes. You know what? The Capo kid in Finland's interesting. And the one is the, is the Russian kid. And you wonder, you know, if the Blackhawks take him, but this kid's a stud, but they're fearful of him not coming over. But wait to see him. Watch out for the Rangers in a couple of years. I really like what yeah. they've done at the, the last two trade deadlines, picking up picks. They now have got the second pick for this next year. I think they'll turn that over pretty quickly and they'll be good, really good in a couple of years. I, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, uh, by the way, the, Frozen Four goes tomorrow, and uh, you guys got uh, you be watching Providence a little bit. Absolutely, <laughs> this kid's a stud, right? He's good. You bet he is. But that's the point where this inexact science thing, and I guess how we started down that road. Glass Suzuki Brandstrom. Uh, but the point, the funny thing is, and then then Haig is the guy there with a stone in his shoe because he thought it should have been a first rounder. Uh, and who knows what all these guys become? And you wish them all the best, and they all. Be, but honestly, there's nothing. There's an exact science when it comes to a kid like that. You can't teach that frame and that reach. And the, honestly, of all of them, he was like to me not necessarily superstar stuff, but he was the most, the safest pick, and probably the most guaranteed. 
that's a 10-year NHL player. And in yeah. the development in his game has been really special. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's, um, we were very fortunate to get him, I think 33rd pick or whatever it was. Uh, we thought he'd be gone earlier and we were actually trying to trade another team to move up a couple picks to make sure we got him. And then he fell to us, which is fantastic. You, you like the draft day thing? How, 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 how involved are you on, on the draft day thing in the loop? Did you let them do their thing or? Yeah, I'm not, I'm really not involved. I meet with the, the amateur scouts are coming in in about a month and, uh, they'll go through their list again. We've been through it now a couple times. It moves around a bit and we'll have more clarity on where we'll be, where we'll be picking. And so they'll really have it zeroed in. Um, but I don't even go to the draft. So that process at the table, you kind of, you, you know, kind of the game plan, but you sit and watch. Yeah. Basically I, yeah. and, and see how it unfolds. Yeah. That's George and, uh, and Scotty Luce and, you know, it's, it's Bob Lowe's. Those are the guys that really get it done. I'm glad you mentioned those guys. I, I you know what? I mean, I mean, you know, McCrimmon and then Von Karp and, but those were such great gets. That, and, and you know what? That's their job. And, and, and they're probably more than content with it. But guys like that are just so under the radar. But and when you got loose from Florida, I mean, that guy, <laughs> no, he's no ham sandwich. This, guy, this guy's a real deal. Right? He's a real deal. And Bob, uh, Bobby Lowe's at yeah. Ottawa. You know, he drafted Mark Stone. <laughs> so, these guys, they know what they're doing. We, we'll, we'll get good. We'll have good players that they've, they've got it identified for us. <laughs> We just don't have the number one pick or number two pick. So as this series commences, let's just we'll, we'll lay it out. The differences are you alluded to them. The team's kind of the same, different but kind of the same. In that, all right, last year you're sitting there with the second line with Perron and Neal. Mm-hmm. Now you insert Stas, Stasny, Tuck, and Pacioretty. Um, unfortunately, Hall is Hall is not playing, but. Okay, so now you've got a, a high end, another solid second line. Um, and, but you look at San Jose, and the big difference is Carlson. And the question is, can you know how healthy is he? Can he hold up? But oh, but the thing that everybody forgets, Joe Thornton didn't play last year. No, that's right, he didn't play. Did he? So on paper, this this is an incredible series going in. Yeah, it's too bad that we're playing each other right out of the box. It'd be nice if we were maybe playing a wild card team and then advanced and then then got the Sharks. But it is what it is. You got to play them all anyway. So bring it on. You know what? These guys are close, Steve. We we, we really talked about. It. I I'm never buying the King stuff or the, the, the. It actually, in a weird way, for a, it was the Caps to a degree because for the longest time, Vegas had played the Caps more than anybody, right? Right. Right. And then you had the, you know, the, the game here, the first game was in, the, the one here was intense. But boy, now it's, they played the Sharks more than anybody. And you, you can, it's a bubbling cauldron out I, of the gate. I, I ask, love Bill, it. Bill, do you feel a rivalry building here with San Jose? Oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, they're, they're, they're a tough, big team and, uh, they're going to try and intimidate us and they, they can't, they can't intimidate us. We we're we're gonna be ready for it. But you saw the last game. It was a it was a lot of it was it was a nasty game. And I'm sure this is gonna be not such a nice game. Well, I they they got the guy Haley, uh and I don't know, you know, how how much he's actually gonna play. But I the day that happened, we said they got him because you know, Vegas has Reeves. And um I love it. I, I love the fact that last game, that was a game. That was all about. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, right? I mean, both both teams knew what was going down there, going in, and that's a good thing. It, it, that'll that'll wake you up when everybody's kind of locked in a position. They they kind of got their attention. Yeah, and, you know, it was a back to back for us, and yep. uh, we didn't have our starting goalie. Yep. So we're gonna be, uh, you know, who knows what's gonna happen because anything can happen in the playoffs, but. I feel pretty good about our team. You know, the funny thing is, I think on paper, as even as it is, it, to the point that I think it's so close that I think you go down to the fourth line, which a lot of people in in the hockey in the hockey world would chuckle at, but but not here because that was the key to this team last year was rolling four lines and Gallant's willingness. To trust them and use them 
there could be three and a half minutes to go in a 3-3 game, and that fourth line will go out there. So the fact that you can roll four lines, and if Burns and Carlson play such an inordinate amount of time, the longer the series goes, I think the four-line wheel aspect of it becomes, and we know the goalies, but but that, I think the fourth line is not a joke here it's not in a that joke. it's a it, it's a it could be the determining factor in the series. Well, and, and now we have Carey back, so he's been out. You know, he's really been out for the last two months, two and a half months. He was was hurt, and then he came back, and then he broke his finger, and then he now he's back from that, but he still was kind of struggling at the end of the season. So he's healthy. So you got to you got. Bill Moore, Reeves, and Carrier. Uh, that's a strong line. And they're, Will is like, uh, they're watching out for Reeves, and then suddenly Will gets him. Uh, he, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, this, that's, we're not giggling because this kid, how many times have we said it on this show? How important, again, from afar, people that wouldn't watch the Golden Knights. A lot, and they know they know about the March so Carlson and Smith and, the, and carry the impact he has on a game when he plays, even if it's nine, ten, eleven minutes, he terrorizes people. He, I still think he's the fastest guy on the team. He is fast. I think he's the fastest. No, he's fast. Hall might have been faster, but uh, it, he's he's fast. And the one, th- the, but I, you know what I love about him is. The problem is he impales himself half the time. But but he no but the thing is when they ask him about that, he's no. He's I mean, that's what I do. That's why I'm valuable. Um and you look at the impact he had on the King series last year, right out of the gate. Right? I mean I mean ten hits in the first game I think it was, Dowdy's head on a swivel, Dowdy gets suspended for game two. Right. Um he's an important player. Yeah, he's a very important player and he's you know, he's not that big, but he is tough, boy. And I mean, Reeves is a big, tough guy, but Will is, um, he's a fast, medium sized, really tough guy. You don't have to listen to that if you want, but I, I still insist. I, I would love to see him on the third line. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, if, if you, if you put Eakin, Carrier and Tuck. Yeah. Throw Nosek on the fourth line, and mm-hmm. Nosek has a little offensive pension to yeah, his yeah. game. You, 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 not spread out the, they're all going to hit, but I mean, you spread out that, you know, guys, their head would be on a swivel 20 minutes a game, not correct 11. Well, and you wear them out. So now you wear them out through the game. So, so they're going to be a little more tired in the third period, and you wear them out through the series now. But I, but it's his speed that we're talking about. I think would really do something with Eakin finishing and, well, and, that's and, true. and Tuck could go. Anyway, that's a me. Well, yeah. So if he's the first guy Sorry, in, Bill, Bill's like covering his ears. If, if he's, he's the first guy in and creates a loose puck, which but, we've seen him do. Now, now, now you've got Eakin and Tuck in open space. Good luck to the other side. But isn't that one of the, the cool things when Gallant said yesterday that like we could sit here and say something like that and you're like, oh, well, that's a coach thing. I don't want to know. But. But we could say something like that and go, yeah, that's an intriguing option. And Galan just said the other day, you know, and he told them three or four really good players aren't going to play. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. Yep. Like Carp, Carp's not playing. Uh, he's, he's out and he's a good, solid, uh, workmanlike player. He's, he's really, I mean, he's really a good player. Um, uh, I mean, Zykov, Zikov isn't playing, but and Peary's not playing. Uh, I mean, we have some good guys not playing. Colin Miller's not playing. Well, you know the nature of this beast, though, right? I mean, if this this goes somewhere, those guys are going to play. Oh, they're going to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just want to keep our guys as healthy as we can for as long as we can. The first, this is the first time that we've had a complete team, other than Hollow. I mean, Hollow's been out for you know three months, four months. Who for you? <laughs> I think I know there are two for me, but who for you? Not know how to ask it that puts you in a weird spot. But who's the most been the most pleasant surprise, or who are the guys? I think this year you're like, I'm proud of that guy. They really, really up the ante. They're two for me. Well, I'm, I think uh, Eeks has done a really, really good. Um, he's really come along this come along this year. Um, 
I mean, I like Will uh, a lot. I think he's he hasn't played as much as I wish he had he had played. Uh, Revo started out really, really good. He's he's a real solid guy. Um, I mean, they're all coming on. They really are. How about Merrill? Merrill has changed completely. Yeah. I mean, he was a healthy scratch for the first third of the season, basically, and uh, now he's playing every night. Eakin specifically, I was I was pretty hard on Eakin last year, and then no one on this team upped their game more in the playoffs than did Cody Eakin, and then he came back where he left off in the playoffs. I've I've been saying, you know, you look at stats and awards, uh, the way the first 20 games went, and then there were injuries, and then he had to go to the second line. Over the long haul, I bet you there'd be a lot of guys in that room, if there was, in in their heart, if they vote, who was the team MVP this year? Forget stats and all that. I think Egan would be in the discussion because he carried them through some some down times. He did. No, he's... He's turned into a really, really good player. He's very dedicated. He's working hard. They all are. I mean, they're all doing. They're all doing their part. Uh, I'm very proud of him. I'm, I think it's just great to be around him. What are What are your expectations now? Is it just you, you, your sense of belief in? To me, the hardest, the first round. Yeah, I, I don't know what I, what the players would say. The first round's the hard one. It really is because whoever. The eight that advance all of a sudden have a sense of belief. And then then it becomes, okay, who is the best in, in, in ride that wave? But the first round, everybody's amped up. Everybody, for the most part, is going to be as healthy as they can be. The first round is the hard one to me. It's a tough – it's very, it's really tough until you get the Stanley Cup. I mean, because I, I, this is the one – and now we're away, too. But – you know, Turk says, uh, Turk says he doesn't mind being away. He, he wants to go steal a game up in San Jose. There's, well, we've had that discussion. Right. Go ahead, Steve. I mean, we, we've talked about this. I've, I've saw the Sabres do that a lot. They, when, when they had Hashik, they, they loved starting on the road. They preferred starting because you, you just literally can rip the lungs out of a series if you go in and, and especially get the first one, then you can get greedy. <laughs> how, how how do you think how do you and how do you think the team feels against San Jose because you've had so much success against them you, uh, last year in the regular season last year in the playoffs this year in the regular season uh, Jones has been pulled what four times in twelve starts that is a bizarre thing so I would th- I would think the Knights have confidence against San Jose yes they have they have plenty of confidence uh, we know it's going to be some puck luck but. Um... Our team is confident. I'm probably more apprehensive than they are. They seemed really ready to go yesterday. They really did. Are you? Well, let it be interesting tonight. Uh, are you more settled in, or are you a bigger basket case than you were last year? I mean, you know, what I mean, is it? Are you kind of okay? I I know what to expect, or are you like in the maternity ward? You know, walking around in circles. Well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty nervous, but I see. I agree with you. The first round is the really. That's the make or break round. That's the one. If you survive that round and can move on, anything can happen. But you got to get by the first round. And uh, did you sense that last year? After, no. after they got no, but after they got by the Kings, uh, this was good. But did you think they were? Did, 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 that sense of belief or whatever. Did, did you feel that after? Hey, we belong here. I think there's there is a, an element of validation to that first round. The team believed in themselves. I was in sh- kind of shock because first we made the playoffs. We weren't supposed to do that. We won the we won the Pacific Division. We certainly weren't supposed to do that. And then we swept the Kings. And I was just by the time we got to the second round, I thought, boy, I don't know. Then the you know they beat us once here, and uh, so it was one one. And we went back up there and got the next, uh, got the third game. So that was a, uh, I mean, it was a big, that was a big deal. But I didn't know enough a year ago. I hadn't been through it mm-hmm. as an owner. And now I've been through it this whole year and uh, we're into it again. So I'm apprehensive. Well, neither team, you say, okay, Carlson wasn't there. Flurry wasn't there. But that, Flurry not being there doesn't mean you, you 
you know, you treat the puck like it's radioactive and make mistakes. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, you know, that's great, yes, but the, the, at the end of the day, they're, you always say next man up. I mean, that's all excuse stuff. But yeah, you're locked in. Now you start. But the weird thing is, both of these teams were nowhere near what they need to be or are capable of. So now coming together at the same time when who can up the ante and, and, and get the game to where it needs to be. It, it's a scary prospect to, to flip a switch, but you, you know, it, it's there. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's important for our first line to really be effective and they've been very effective against the sharks. And if they're effective, we're going to do just fine in the series. If they can, if they can get the job done. What did you think of, I really like William Carlson's season. Oh, there, there was a lot of pressure, the contract, and all, but you know what? He still he played the two hundred foot game, um, and and then he started to find the net again. And to me, it's like you won the lottery, right? Because six goals, forty three goals. We're like, well, no one's going to shoot twenty five percent, but it, but if if literally. What do we say all along? If he's a 27, 30 yeah. goal scorer, you've won the lottery. That, so that's who he is. I, I think he had a really, really good season. He did have a, he had a very good season. He's a great 200 foot player. Uh, he started, he started making some shots. Some so- shots started going in and Riley Smith was right there with him. And, uh, you know, Marshy's got how many goals? 23, 24? Yeah, in that yeah. range. And yep. you know what? Yeah. Not a knock on him, but quietly. Which tells you this is the time. If, if, if a guy like that, when he if he can get hot, you, you go to another level. That's right. No, I, well, that's why I'm apprehensive. But we do have a good team. We really, I, I'm, I, I'm. It's exciting. We said this yesterday, and it's funny. I, Riley Smith is. It's, it's almost like he just quietly goes about his business, but. He, if there was an X factor, he can take over games. Absolutely. He, there are games where he's like, whoa. I mean, both ends of the ring, steals, goes, backhand, shorthand, uh, great pass. Um, I, and I think he, he, he's quietly a superstar on this team. I, I notice him. You know, you know what's, you know what's funny to me? When, when, uh, the opposition goes on a power play, and you have uh, Smith and Carlson out there as uh, on the first PK. It's a scoring opportunity for the Knights. That's right. It is. It, that's what it feels like to me that they're that they're going to get the puck and they're going to get a scoring chance. I know. Shorthanded. And they're so they're so fast. And Riley Smith is the lowest maintenance guy on the team. He is quiet, calm. He just goes about his business. He's such a good guy. Well, we have so many good guys. They're all. I mean, they're just great guys to be around. The thing that's a little weird. Uh, with the starting on the road, it, it, it's going to go bananas here, but it's quiet now. It, it literally is kind of a a calm before the storm. Right? When you were opening at home, you know, in every series last year, basically, well, not Winnipeg, but you know what I'm saying. When these guys get back here on Sunday, this it, can you sense? It's like a bubbling cauldron. I mean, it's going to be a powder keg when the weekend hits and people drive around honking horns and flags on their car. It's, it's amazing what this does for the community. It's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, as I said, it, we just need to steal one up there and then we come back and we got a home ice advantage. And then I'm going to start feeling much more confident. You know, as, as quickly as the time goes, Whatever it was, let's call it four years. You'd be in the radio studio, come in, and we're talking, and the ticket drive, and all this. You always said, and you you held true to your word that you know you were not going to be an absentee guy. I mean, you were going to you wanted to be a Las Vegan. Uh, what have these four years been like for you to this day? I you know people back east are how do you live there? I'm like you have no idea. It's just, it's an amazing community. It's, and what what you're here now? You you live here now? What, what do you are you still pinching yourself? What this has turned into? No, I mean it's uh, you know Las Vegas is a great town, and people that aren't from Las Vegas or haven't been here for lived here, they think it's all about the strip. It's not about the strip. It's about, you know, Summerlin and Henderson, and it's it's it's. A- hey, look, we have a grocery store. <laughs> what do they think we do? Here? <laughs> I mean, this is just a really good 
community. And um, I mean, it's great to be part of it. It, it, it really is. I'm proud that um, we brought this team here that the community has really gotten behind and they're excited about it. I mean, you see all those license plates. We've sold, uh, they've sold, last count, 21,000 VGK license plates. 21,000. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. With the second best, second highest selling plate behind um, the uh, Las Vegas plate. By the way, the the, uh, the under sixteen Golden Knights national title. You talked all Absolutely. about all about the youth stuff. Uh, I my granddaughter's nine, and you know I I'm there every night watching whatever baseball, football, basketball, <laughs> hockey, the golf, the Masters, and then th- she just looks at me like the sports idiot. But she's She's nine years old, and did the Golden Knights win, or you know, the the, the, the mascot and, and whatever they went to their school? But the, the what the impact it's had on kids, I don't think should be sold short at all. No, it's it's part of our goal. We want to get the kids involved. That's why we're close to getting finalized on two sheets of ice out in Henderson, but it'll be downtown Henderson. That gives us the opportunity to go kind of west, still in Henderson, maybe over there somewhere around the airport for two more sheets of ice in, in, in a few years. So we got to keep on populating this town with, uh, with ice rinks and, and youth hockey because, um, CNA is going to be out of, uh, out of ice time next June. About 30% of our youth hockey players are from Henderson. So have, have, we got to get it done. I thought all along this would be the case. I saw Wally Lacroix yesterday. He was talking about the under-16 kids. Uh, and they get Sobe, and you're building the new rink in the Las Vegas Ice Center. But I thought all along what that what that joint was going to become. Just like um, you like to hit the white golf ball on occasion, this city's become a, a golf destination. Right. I mean, of all the things, all the things that are, well, the golf course, this is now a place for, to go on golf destinations. Th- this city should become in, in the short term, one of the premier hosts of youth hockey tournaments where th- this is going to be, let's go. Parents are going to go. Yeah. yeah Mississauga is nice. I, let's go to Vegas for eight days with the kids. Are you seeing a growth in, in yeah. that regard? And are, are there plans for the, the development of, uh, youth hockey tournaments? Oh, absolutely. No, they're happening all the time. They really are. And we've just hired the, a fellow from uh, the Red Wings who ran their youth hockey program. So he's, he's now down here. He's moved here and, uh, he is, he's all over it. He's all over about expanding that youth, the youth tournaments and so on. And that's why the, that's why the Henderson two sheets of ice are so important. Then you get rivalries between Henderson and Summerlin and you have different youth teams. It, it'll, uh, I mean, we're on our way. We just need more ice. Have you, I, I should know more, but uh, if you heard more, Faith Lutheran was nice. I were hearing more about high school sports or high school was going to start trying to. Well, Bishop Gorman, they, they need to do it. Yeah. They, they, they definitely need to do it. And they've got, I mean. Oh, Bishop, Bishop Gorman does it. I mean, what, what are you going to call him? The, the Central Red Army team? Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What what about other high school having high school tournaments here? Even though Vegas doesn't have high school teams yet, but bringing kids in from Southern California, Arizona, sure, have some high school oh, tournaments. Sky's the limit. Yep, absolutely. Sky's the limit. We got we got the right guy running the program now. Now we just got to start keep on seeding, keep on seeding, and we do need this. We need need more sheets of ice. That's simple as that. Are you so hyper focused on what's going on? Or, or will you, do you watch the other series? Well, I'm going to watch them all. Sure. I got my, uh, I know who I want to win every series. But of course, <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably don't want to go down that road. You don't know, no bulletin board material. Um, what are the most compelling series to you? What are, what are the ones catch your attention the most? Well, I want to see the ass. Yeah, the Avalanche do against Calgary. I think they're live. I I, I think they can give us some. Get, they got something for them. I think they do too. Uh, McKinnon is amazing. He's really good. He's really good. Where did they end up in the draft? I didn't. I didn't see the line. Well, they oh, they got pitchforked. They fell from one to four. Oh, uh, they got that. They got Ottawa's pick. It was amazing. That's oh, Ottawa felt like they won the lottery, but that it wasn't the first overall pick. Uh, but I mean, but you look at that Colorado team. There really is something to be said, and that's why the the Vegas Shark series is so intriguing. 
because both teams knew, knew where you were going to be. Flurry's out. Carlson's out. Okay. Level playing field. But Colorado was playing playoff hockey for three weeks to get in. That's right. And they went seven, one and two in their last 10. And, and listen, good for Calgary. Are they this year's Vegas? When's it going to stop? When's it going to stop? But they're, you know, we'll see what the, what the goaltending is with Riddick or Smith, but I, I would not discount. Colorado having uh, having a lot to say about that series. No, they got good goaltenders. They, they've um, I don't know if um, Varlamov is healthy or not. Uh, well, the Grubauer is the one carrying him, but he's doing great. Yeah, oh, he's great. He's doing great. He was another Dave Pryor guy in from Washington. Right, right. Well, he started well, out with the Caps last year in the playoffs. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. If he'd have kept playing, that is the most remarkable thing. Um, who are your favorite players around the league? Is that are, are there are just guys you watch and respect, or well, I, I know before because you were really you were really intrigued intrigued by uh, a number of guys before the expansion draft. So you were doing your due diligence, but now watching them come into your barn and keeping tabs on us. Who, who are the guys you watch from afar? Go, boy, I like the guys' game. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's so, there's so many, so many, uh, really, really good players. I, the team I think that is, can get something going is Vancouver. I think they've got, uh, the basis for some, they've got a really good structure if they can kind of get it out of, get out of their own way a little bit. A little bit of what, and, and that's the rub when you're always in that, oh, you just missed mode. <laughs> you know, you, you, sometimes you're better to just, Thelma and Louise it off the cliff in in and and do the whole rebuild. But boy, no, there are pieces there with the Besser kid, yep. Horvat, but Pedersen's a stud. Uh the Hughes kid just showed up. So it's it's one of those things where you gotta stay the course, right? And not yep. it, it, the, the hard part is you get tempted with the short term fix, but it blows up the long term. Yeah, I think they've got a good they got the makings of a good team. So do, I mean so does Arizona. Now they've got a good coach. You know, they're they're, they've got a really strong team. They just, I mean, they have some money problems, so they got to figure that one out. Could you assess for us? Because this is still the, the remarkable thing, and I, and I always remember there was the Blues game last year. It was like a dozen games in, and I've told the story before. The Blues threw the sink at Vegas. They they they, they were playing good at the beginning of the season. They throttled Vegas, and Vegas got two power plays. And got two power play goals, like bing bing. And all of a sudden it was three two Vegas going to the locker room for the third. And the blues are like, What what the hell just happened here? But that was it was like that was the moment it was like think old George McPhee's plans changing here, right in front of our eyes. Because if this was all about building a foundation, for this to have happened is I know you're done pinching yourself because it's here now, but you're you're literally and now you get a kid like Stalt. Uh, we'll see if Gusev comes. You mentioned Haig. But, the, but the, the foundation is literally still being, for the the, law, the overview of the organization is being built, but with the core already here. Yeah, but that's what George and I do talk about that. And I, I, I told him, I said, George, we're ahead of schedule. We're five years ahead of schedule. We don't want to get back on that schedule. We want to keep pushing. Let's push the schedule. Let's keep on acquiring good players. Um, we're not a we're we're not a um, a bargain team. We we'll spend to the cap. We don't. We're going to spend everything it takes to get the right players here. And now we you know, we've got the right team. Now this coming year in free agency and during the summer, there might be a few periphery type ads, but the team you see today is the team you're going to get next year in in large part. It's a There'll always be a few guys that move on. Something happens, and you know. But you're going to see the same basic team next year. I mean, everything's not Primrose Lane. What 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 are the what challenges lie in the future? Uh, well, as you said, we're a little bit older, so that's why we're trying to get some guys that are in that 21, 22, 23 age bracket, so we can start building that that group. You know, Stone's only 26, so he's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be a very good player for a long time. Uh, if you notice our, our contracts, they're all kind of geared to, to keeping the guys here during these, 
late twenties, early thirties, and then we kind of you have to reevaluate. And so that's the way our contracts are set up with uh with almost all the guys. He's a his play and everything he does. He came as advertised. How has Stone behind the scenes? You know, how's that acclimation process gone in terms of fitting in, being accepted? Is he completely? What, is he what you thought? No, completely. He's actually better than I thought. But uh, uh, Kelly McCrimmon knew, knows him real well and knew him real well, uh, and he played at Brandon. And Kelly knows the family, and he knows the he knows he knows uh, Stoner's background, and that's why we went so hard after him. But we made sure when we were doing the trade with Ottawa, it was down to the wire, that we would be able to sign him to a long-term deal. That was really important, not just to get a rental. So George doesn't want any rentals. He wants to get guys who can be part of the team that we want to have part of the team. He's fit, he's fitting in great. He's a quiet guy. He's not a, he's not a big boisterous guy. He's just a performer. You know, when he was on the ice for Ottawa, out of 31 teams, his line was number one. When he wasn't on the ice, the other lines were 28, 29, 30, 31. I don't know if you can share this, but in retrospect, with all the reports of the level of interest going back a year to the trade deadline, with Carlson's name being thrown around, um, was he on the radar? Was he Was he on the radar back then, or was it, well, the situation's just come to a head, and he's available, and it was a, a now thing. Or was he kind of always, you know, somebody that the spotlight was on in your offices? Oh, he was, oh, absolutely. He was a he was a high level of interest, but we knew he had to play out this past year in Ottawa uh, for us to get him. He we thought we'd be we thought we'd have a chance at him at the trade deadline, which is the way it worked out. And we went pretty hot and heavy against uh, Carlson last, you know, last year, and just couldn't make it work. It just didn't uh, it didn't work out. Bill, when Brian was talking to you about other players in the league, it, I immediately went to McDavid and McKinnon in, in Colorado. And any time I watch those guys play, I think about those two guys on the top line for Canada in the Olympics. Not that I'd be rooting for Canada, but I'd love to watch that. Those two guys. How do you feel about uh, the Olympics? So it, it's obviously would juggle your schedule. Or would you be concerned about Vegas players getting injured? Would Would you like to see the Olympics? Uh, NHL players playing the Olympics. You know, I I had agreed with the commission. I, I agreed with the commissioner that it wasn't the right for us to have the guys go to the Olympics because it does it fouls up your season. You've got a couple weeks that you're not playing, and you got to move schedules around and do all that sort of stuff. And someone goes over there and gets hurt. Well, what? That's no good. That's not. So I'm not a. You know, I'm. You never were, and I, I, I get it. Um, but I know the players, and you think of, of the McDavid's or the Matthews or the Eichels, or, and these kids watch those moments and they want their turn. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's, there is another yeah. side of the coin. Yeah, there is. There is. And, and probably, you know, going to the Far East for the Olympics and like going to Seoul, it's like complicated. You know, that's a complicated deal. All right. So now this is on you because it's such a no brainer that I, I got to assume that someone's thought of this. This World Cup of Hockey thing, right? CBA and all the stuff and, and you know, we'll see what it all comes. But one of the things that, that this next discussion will be that they're plotting the course for the next World Cup of Hockey. Please tell I mean, there is no more logical location mm. for a World Cup of Hockey than T-Mobile Arena. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, Toronto's a wonderful city, but I'm saying, you know, the people from Stockholm, uh, you know, all these these countries, I'm going, let's go for 10 days and, and the hockey tournament and go to Las Vegas. I mean, that is like low-hanging fruit. I think it would be great, and it would help promote our team. Because right two years ago, before the expansion draft or uh, – we were trying to get guys signed that were free agents, college free agents. They weren't really interested in Vegas because it was a, it was unproven. And so last year we were able to get White Cloud, and this this year we did great. You know, so we're a destination. Players want to come here, but the more exposure that I can get Vegas to have in terms of whatever kind of game it is, World Cup of Hockey, or um, uh, you know, uh, 
some kind of outdoor match or maybe something in uh, uh, in Raider Stadium. Uh, anything, anything like that, that I can get more exposure to hockey players, that they see what Vegas is, it's good for us. All right. So then, like they've already announced some of the, like next year, Headman and Tampa Bay are playing Buffalo with Darlene, and they got like five Swedish guys. So they're they're going for back to back games in Stockholm. Uh, you've always wanted this to be a worldwide brand. At, at is it is there a pecking order, and you're the new kid on the block? Where how how far down the road does the day come? Vegas gets an invite to go to Europe or or some fancy. I guess the China thing's even in play, right? Well, you know, I agree with George and I have talked about this, and we both we really are in complete agreement. We don't want to travel. We don't want to do that. It, it, it takes a toll on yeah. you when you get back. We don't. We don't want to do that. We just let us play our preseason games, what the way we play them, and during the regular season, we'll just open here. We don't need to open in Berlin or Stockholm. We, I'd rather be here. I don't want to have our. Is that, is that a? But is that a? Um, I mean, is there a healthy give and take that there's a willingness from the organization, or is this a? a I mean, does the league mandate that to those teams? The league basically goes to the teams and say, "Look, we'd like you to play here. Let's play this. Play two games Can't here." Can the team say no? Yeah. Um, well, you can sure try. <laughs> you can. You can. You really can sure try. And we don't want to. We're still a young team. I, my excuse is, "Hey, we're just a. We're just an expansion team. We just. We don't need to go anywhere. We'll just be here." Anything? Anything new on a West Point outdoor game? That was. That was a three and a half years ago conversation well i think that would be great too they had That'd one be at, awesome they had one at annapolis i think it'd be great to do it and i just don't know where we are in the because i've been a little flaky and i haven't gone to the last board of governors last couple board of governors meetings uh i haven't had a chance to really would that, would that talk be a, about it would that, what would that be a vegas florida thing or vegas rangers i guess well, i don't know if it's rangers then it's their market right it's their but but they don't give up home games. They can't they, give up a home game. Because when the Sabres game. played them in the outdoor game, that counted as a Sabres home game. I know, which is that I don't like That's that. That's stupid. I don't like that. So I don't want it to be a home game for us. Why would you, you don't want to go to New York and have it be a home game. What's it like for you now when you walk in? in and I want to thank all our lovely sponsors. I mean, we get Bill Foley here. We're, we're going to run the course here. We have three minutes left. Um, what's it like for you now when you... You walk into T-Mobile. You, you still get a you get a buzz every time you're going down there. Oh yeah, I love it. I love I love our fans. Our fans are great. You know they're they. Uh, I'm fortunate they recognize me and they say hi and it's that's fun. But it, no, T-Mobile is fantastic and the, our fans are unbelievable during the game. I mean, we have were we rated by 42 percent of the hockey players as the best place to the best experience in hockey. That's that's I'm, nuts. Well, well, look who's here. I mean, Pacioretty walked out of here, <laughs> right? I mean, that was like a precursor to it. But I mean, it's funny. He was like one of the most notable guys. Ovechkin said it, but Pacioretty was one of the most passionate guys. Why? This is the most I heard about it. But you know, then you come and experience it, was, and then he ends up here. So I mean, it, it's like uh, it's a word of mouth thing. Yeah, we're you doing- almost done at the. Yeah we're, do, yeah, we're doing. I feel like we're doing really well, and we can keep on getting better, and we can keep on adding new players and better, and keep on improving our team. But we've got the makings of a really good group of guys right now. We just need to keep them together and get Hall healthy. So I'm walking around. We're on. Actually, rode the elevator up with him. So it's it's good that he's back around. That's that's is that the real dark side when you when you see guys and. Injuries are part of the game, but, but serious injuries that that hurts. Yeah, it was it was tough. But he kept. He had a good attitude. He worked hard. He's a couple months ahead of schedule. He's really doing well. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we can extend this playoff run. You, you'd see him. You'd see him at some point. Second period. We think about the, the Knights have really good trainers, don't they? Yeah, we have great yeah. great medical staff, great trainers. He went to um, uh, he went out of state for the operation, and he's got rehab, then rehab out of state uh, with our our trainers too. And they have the they have the protocols; they bring him back. So uh, he's doing well. You know, he's he's. I mean, have you talked to him in terms of how hungry he is to get back? I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's excited. That's that's that is real. I mean, it, it's funny. At trade deadlines, you know, we talk about these guys like they're chess pieces. They're people. Uh, but it's one of the hardest things for an athlete is that separation when you don't feel like you're part of the group. Yeah, and he would, they try to keep him in the group, and he goes to all the team functions and so on. So he's having a, but he wants to be with the team. He really does. He's a he's a really good guy. He's a, I've gotten to know him. All right, well. I, I I say this, and you could cringe, but actually, you'll probably smile. I hope to see you in two weeks. How's that? I, I hope to see you in two weeks. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear him say that. All right, congratulations. Your, your bottom line is be one of eight, right? That's first right. things first, get in. That's right. And see where it goes from there. Thank you so much for yeah. coming. And we'll get the show up for you at sportsbookradio.com. Thanks, Stevie. Uh, thanks to Bill Foley. Come on out tonight. Sunset Station, Club Madrid. We're doing a hockey watch party. Come watch the game with us tonight. All right, that was our tribute to uh, our good friend, our pal, our buddy, our uh, colleague, our, our confidant, uh, Brian Blessing. I, you know, I had to, I didn't know really what to do to honor him because it just seems like time has just kind of life just goes on. And, you know, we here at KSHP will never forget Brian. And every year that I'm here, we'll do something. And uh, every year I'll try to figure out some way to celebrate him and his life. And, um, um, we got one of his best friends, one of, uh, one of his good buddies who kind of started the Vegas hockey hotline with him, who came in just to kind of, like I told him, your family, you you know, as long as I'm here, the lights are on, we'll, we'll, you know, you guys more than welcome to come down. Even if you just need to come down here and, and do some work, get away from home. That's, I, I, I you know, my, my doors are open. And so, uh, Dana Lane, how you doing, pal? Man, I, I really appreciate you having me do this. I mean, this is, it, it's, it's therapeutic. It's inspiring. I love hearing his enthusiasm for the sport. Um, it's incredible to hear this interview as to where they were at this point. And, and of course, the tremendous amount of success that they've had, uh, as an organiz- organization since this time. So, but, you know, for me, for, you know, I mean, think about Brian constantly. Anybody who knows me knows that. And I have this in my garage. I have an incredible amount of, you know, just CDs of a show that we did. I just have not been able to bring myself to get there yet. Right. So to hear these, and I, and I have things pop up on Facebook once in a while, which is nice. Uh, but to hear these uh, old shows. And, and to hear that enthusiasm and to hear his professionalism and his style and how he made his uh, guests extremely uh, comfortable, especially with Bill. He, he, he would always say, Hey, look, I just, I just treat Bill like a regular guy. Right. They, he took a lot of pride in that. So I do appreciate you uh, yeah. doing this. And it was a, a fantastic idea. Thank you for inviting me in. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the incredible impact that he has made on so many people, and even though we mourn the death, at the end of the day, Mark, don't we just say, well, yes, maybe my time is up, but how many people did I impact? Yeah. And and really, isn't that That's the bottom line to what we're all doing here? Happy um, as far as, you know, when he walked in the door, he just made it. His, right? And he didn't have to say it. He didn't have to. He never tooted his own horn. He never said he was this person. But when we we look at his legacy and his life now, you know, you think of all the things that he contributed, not just on the radio, but in the car, right? At, at a lunch, at a golf outing. His contribution to the world was exactly perfect for him and heaven needed an angel right and he was he was the one and one day me and you we're gonna be there and i hope people remember me like they remember him right and that's what our goal is right to have to leave that to where like we still talking and we, we 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 cherish him i got so many memories that people have called and emailed about him that brian he left his mark on this world. It'll be never forgotten. And that's that's just something that, you know, again, you can't 
you can't deny who he was. Well, I was talking to uh, Dave Shane from the RJ a couple of weeks ago, and the thing that I uh, that that stuck out what he said to me was, I can't believe how many best friends he had. Right. You know, because he said, well, he was always there for me. And we always talked. Right. And I felt the same way. And many, many other people felt the same way. And, but at the same time, just loved his wife, loved his granddaughter. Right. You know, his son. I mean, his family was above all. And that's the ability to be able to touch so many people. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Somehow he was able to find that time and, and oh, by the way, watch every sporting event. I, I, I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't keep up with I think him. Brian had 28 hours in a day. Yeah. <laughs> right. The rest of us got 24 as much as he did. Right. He, I mean, and he did a, a, a three hour show five days a week. There's 15 hours of, and I'm sure the show prep. Before the three hours, because he would get here, his show was at noon, he would get here at 10.30. I'm like, 10.30, 11 o'clock, and he's here until the show is over. Well, I remember he would say things like, you know, because I would do a bunch of prep, and he would say, oh, you don't need to prep. Just prep as you're watching. Right. Uh, watch it, because he was able to absorb. Yeah. I, I'm way too an- analytical to be able to absorb all that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I need to write things down and have it in front of me and – um but he was – he trusted himself and he trusted his ability and that's what separated him from virtually anybody else. Right. And you even talk about the people in Buffalo and how they spoke about you know, the, the prep work or what, what appeared to be a lack of prep work. Brian would come in. He'd have a shoot, suit jacket on, shorts underneath because you could never see him from the waist down. Right. He'd come in with his newspaper and – People would say, "Hey, are you gonna you gonna prep?" Oh, I'm good. Let's go. Let's just go. You know what you're gonna say? Yeah, let's just go. I have it. Yeah, <laughs> and well, that's the professionalism and that he showed every every day and every like you said, his professionalism was just who he was, and that that was his how he carried himself. Even when you're talking to a like you said, he was talking to interviewing Foley, which he did regularly. Not just I guarantee there's no studio or no station in this town. That has had Bill Foley on the air, no. live in studio. I his security team used to come here. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Yeah. They would be here so much that we got to kind of know each other. They would walk through, and I would say, "Hey, you guys want to come and check?" Because they had to make sure everything was secure. Oh no, we good. We just gonna sit right here. <laughs> so those are things, and how Brian touched the person A, right? And he also touched Perchin. Z and everybody in between, even I mean Bill Foley, like that's that's a that's a big deal, right? You know, I mean, how many people would have just loved to have Bill Foley on speed dial or sitting right across from him in the studio? And we were able to save these moments from Brian. And for me, that's the most important thing is saving memories because this clip was 2019, and we still have that video. And so, you know, I guess that's the best part of... He loved the golf with Bill, and he would always talk about how he had pride in uh, taking a little bit of cash once in a while. Yeah. But but his pride was, uh, or his prideful, uh, or why he was so prideful for that relationship with Bill is, you know, Bill obviously from a financial status is uh, in the stratosphere compared to everybody else, but... He made a point to say, "Look, I'm I'm going to treat this person as a regular guy." Yeah. And and I, to this day, uh, of all the media members in this town, I, I think Brian's the only one that golfed with him uh, on a regular basis. Right. And right. so that approach worked, where everybody was. And it made Bill feel good, right? Because yeah. could you imagine how people treat him, right? And he wants to say, be feel it felt like he's. Because he is a regular guy, right? Yes. He just happened to yes. have yeah. a lot of great business ventures. Right. But he is a regular guy, right? He puts his shoes on like we do. He put his foot in one leg at a time. Put his, And and that's how Brian treated him, right? He was no different. Take away him being in the financial difference stratosphere. <laughs> yes. 
He was still a regular guy because he came in here like a regular guy. It, it was one time that I can remember. You could see on this video, he didn't come in with a suit and tie. No, no. Came and in like he just came off the course. He came in one time, <laughs> and it was to multiple occasions because he had been here about four or five times. His security team dropped him off, and they left and came back. That's how comfortable they were. Yeah. And he was, for them to leave, I mean, they I don't know if, how far they went. Well, they were probably securing the perimeter. But <laughs> they were gone for about 20 minutes, and I'm yeah. like – Wait a minute. They just feel comfortable enough to leave their owner. And maybe he said, go do what you got to do. I'm, I feel comfortable and safe here. Right. And so, you know, that 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 really made uh, show what the effect that Brian had on people that were rich, poor and in between because he treated them all equal. Right. He probably treated us like he going to treat. Foley, right? He was no different. And you can tell on that interview when he's talking to him, he wasn't stumbling over his words. He was talking to Foley like a f- best friend talks to a best friend. And that 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 was something that made Brian so unique because he didn't treat anybody. He treated everybody kind of on the same playing field. And you can see that in his interviews. I think for me, the one thing that I miss uh, more than anything, and I've said this a thousand times. I just miss that guy to lean on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have a lot of s- discussions about sports, of course, but it was the other things, right? That I just I don't have that anymore. It's it's very empty, and I don't mean to get you know morbid on or, or somber or whatever, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah. I, I can't pick up the phone anymore and, and you know ask Brian about certain things. Brian would be so proactive. I remember one time I was in um, Ohio with UNLV hockey. And unfortunately, they had gotten knocked out of the tournament, but they had to buy, you know, five days to to stay there in in case they stayed in the tournament. And so Brian said, well, what are you going to do for three days? I said, I don't know. I mean, expansion drafts coming up. Maybe I'll, you know, kind of uh, get myself acclimated with that, which I did for three days. But – he was so adamant about, hey, look, I, let me let me let me get you an airline ticket home. <laughs> right. He goes, what are you going to do for three days? I said, Brian, I can get my own airline ticket. I said, that's, that's not, I'm not going to leave the guys here. But he was so like trying to take care of you, and and of course that old story about the cruise where he would he called my cruise line right. because I had a scheduling conflict. And basically went to the top of, I don't know who we talked to, Mr. Carnival. Yeah. And got it changed. But that's the kind of guy. He was very proactive in the right way. Not intrusive, but proactive in the right way. And then as time goes on, I mean, (laughs) even as as much as two, uh, two weeks ago talking to Dave again, telling me stories about how Brian would be proactive in people's lives. Yeah. And that was the mark he left. You know, and that was on, I mean, and you never heard a person or any individual that you talked to say a bad thing about him. No, right? never. Because we knew who he was, right? And and he might have, he might have said something that rubbed you the wrong way because it was the truth. Yes. Right? Yes. And if you can't handle the truth, don't talk to Brian. Many times. If you can't handle the <laughs> truth. So, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, do, you know, a little just small you know, something for him and what he brought to the station and how he, you know, inspired me just the short time that he was here as far as being a part of our station. And, you know, I mean, you know, like you said, Maria and his his junior, his son, his granddaughter. I mean, I mean, he adored them. I mean, yeah, that was like why he why he got up in the morning and why he came here and did this show, because. You know, everything he did was for those three, right? And like I said, and we would just happen to be a part of that that kind of foundation. He made everybody feel like family. That's the, that's the one thing that I would I would say. Well, there were so many of those qualities outside of sports that I really gravitated to yeah. because I liked who he was as a person. This wasn't about our love of sports. There's a yeah. lot of people that love sports, but who he was as a person is what allowed me to gravitate. And kind of cling a little bit. I think yeah. that's a good word to cling on to what 
he was as a person that maybe I needed as a person. And, you know, I, he, he cannot be replaced. I mean, I I have other friends, but there's just not on that level. It was just uh, a level that is not something that you can say, okay, well, we're going to take our friendship to the next level. It just was. Right. And so, and he was like that for so many people. So I'm, I'm very thankful that you did this. Um, I loved hearing his voice. Uh, I loved hearing him talk about hockey and, he loved you. He loved the station. Oh, yeah. He loved right. Bill. He loved the Golden Knights. And so it's a tremendous tribute. Thank you. Um, and before we, uh, you know, we, we get out of here, I want to play just kind of his closing shows. But how would it be? Um, how amazing would it be if Buffalo won the Super Bowl? <laughs> it would be more amazing if the Sabres won the Stanley Cup. Well, I, I mean, what's the, I mean, what's the I mean, well, let's be honest. He's had some time up there now. Okay, he's been a he's been able to uh, garner some clout. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that the success of the Sabers and the Bills is because it hadn't happened before he got there. Right. I'm assuming it's because he's I mean, bending like, somebody's what, ear. What, what? What? How special would that be this year? I mean, with Buffalo, especially going through the things with the Demar Hamlet thing and them having all these obstacles. Yeah. And. and them being Super Bowl champs. No, you know, we started this last year. Yeah. And whoever is in charge of sports outcomes in, in, in the sky, they just w- walked around with their hands up saying, too soon, too soon, Brian. Wait a year. Not yet. You got to get some clout here. Not yet. Not yet. And <laughs> here we are. Who knows? 2023 can be that year. But I want to thank you, Dana, for coming in. And uh, again, um, you know, as long as I'm in con- Control of what we do here. I'll always do this once a year, and uh, mm. you know, next year we'll, we'll try to do something, you know, similar along the lines, but maybe even something, uh, you know, where we get some other guys and do some call-in and stuff. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, buddy. It's always uh, always good to come in and hang out with you, and obviously, we all miss Brian today. Yeah, oh, definitely. And uh, you guys can go to uh, Dana posted the video if you want to see the video of, of Foley. You can also go to KSHP Vegas. We have the video up and. Uh, We'll uh, we'll continue. Uh, like I said, it's not one day that we don't remember Brian, but today was a special day, so we want to just send it out and uh, on the right note. And I had to do something, you know. I mean, any programs that I had between now and twelve o'clock, you know, had to be put on the back burner. So, all right, Dana, thank you. All right, buddy, thank you so much.